0: Hello and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at books, movies, television, anime, video games, and pretty much anything else. I am joined by my co-host,
1: Russell Andrade.
0: And I am Byron Ship. Today we're reviewing the first season of Yasuke. Russell, what did you think about this uh, Netflix anime that was directed by LaShawn Thomas? And uh, what were your take? What was your take on it?
1: So overall, I thought it was pretty good. There are definitely some elements I didn't like, mostly relating to story stuff, but mm-hmm. I love the Yasuke character. Everything about him personally and his background in his past I thought was phenomenal and awesome, along with the artwork was just top-notch. Um, mm-hmm. The animation on shows like this and newer seasons of Castlevania, they're just, they're knocking it out of the park. So this is one of the most gorgeous animated shows I've seen. So like, 10 out of 10 marks just on the, uh, the art representation.
0: Yeah, I definitely like that part of it. I like that. It wasn't like over stylized, but, uh, with the, with the black guy with Samuel Jackson. Um, and I love that style. It's amazing, but I thought this was definitely more of a like introspective movie about a man who basically went through this, like, crazy time in his life right he he was an, a slave from out and it is based in in fact that this is actually a, a reality this actually happened in real world where there was a black man who was basically in japan and i don't know it gets a little fuzzy with the details about like how he like became uh a serf to nobunaga but the fact that that even exists because during that time japan was literally killing like You know strangers and foreigners like it was nothing like if you showed up on the island and just said hey i want to trade with you they were just they just kill everybody so the fact that this man actually even existed during this time period because gaijin were not allowed on the island um i found that very fascinating um and the fact that like if this is based in somewhere reality it's pretty um, like an amazing story in the sense that just the fact that that could have, you know, that's based off of reality. Well, ba- Afro- ba- based, Sam- on real,
1: yeah, based on real life characters or real yeah. life people. And then obviously with the magic and components like that is obviously stuff that's not going to be real. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of cool elements like that. When you have characters that are real people, you're like, oh, cool, a Black Samurai. And then you look up the character name. And you're like, oh, no, this was a real person. What's funny is a lot of people said he was a giant. But more than likely, he was more like six, one or 6'2. So he was just a tall person, Yeah, you know, in a place where people are like 5'6, 5'7.
0: 5'7, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he definitely towered above everybody in that time period. And it was Afro Samurai I was looking at with Samuel Jackson. And I, I love that movie. It was like, but it's so different than this kind of movie. I felt this is way more introspective, way more. I love the part where he talks about his own tribe and like how... His tribe looks after the children. That was part of the kind of the story plot was him, you know, having a ward. It reminded me a little bit of, we always talk about all the time with um, uh, the samurai and the, and, the little, and the little kid. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. But the girl, the girl and the, the character in, in the in the movie, she's not exactly helpless either, right? She's not some damsel in distress. She's she's uh, she's got some agency and some superpowers that were kind of cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just unfortunately, besides the Yasuke character and his master that he followed and the people of his past, no, but I really them. didn't yeah. find the current other characters all that interesting, including the little girl and uh, the mercenaries that went after him and everything. The only character. That was current that i thought was kind of interesting for a minute was the evil priest guy and mm-hmm. uh that was a storyline that kind of ended and shifted really quickly which partial part of me likes but the other part I was like oh that was like one of the few interesting um antagonist characters in the show for me but anytime I... we were doing yasuke and everything related to his past and his principle because he would say stuff like you're mentioning he's out in a crowd and he was deciding, hey, I'm not going to help this girl, and I'm not going to help this woman out. And but then he like reminded of his own culture and past, and he would say stuff like, "One village." She's like, yeah. You know, later on, she's like, "Why did you decide to help us?" And he's just like, "One village." And she's like, "What does that mean?" And he says, "Where I'm from, we we or we just live as one tribe. Everyone helps everyone. You know, one village." And
0: yeah the the little girl's name was sake and uh sake in the movie and i think i liked who i liked and i and i get where you're going with it there weren't they, they weren't as deep but i did like the nikita character the one he basically like was falling in love with and then found out that she was basically a traitor yeah um and i thought that was a really great kind of like spin on the whole situation because you know they you know back in those days it was like you did not you know you did not betray your 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 uh your your master it was just something that just was never done um you know the well so know.
1: the the truth of her character turns out that she actually belonged to another uh, another mm-hmm, group and she infiltrated this one
0: yeah she was a double agent um, yeah, because, no, yeah totally. because
1: the the leader of the group um, i'm forgetting how to pronounce his name nobunaga nobunaga he he respected people not on the base of your color your sex or anything really just key on your ability
0: And for the real life
1: person, it actually sounds like that could have been the truth is that he was a character, a real life person back in his time that he didn't care if you were a man, woman, white or black, whatever, you know, culture or nationality. But he just admired your skill. If you Mm -hmm. were a really good swordsman, thief, um, someone with athletic ability, that's what he cared about. And that was something that really stood out in the show that I thought. Uh, Came across as very genuine and very cool, and like I really liked, and it played off very well.
0: Yeah, that was that was actually true to life because Nobunaga. They had this great uh, history of feudal Japan on Netflix, which on Netflix again kind of ties into this. How Nobunaga basically innovated these new military methods, and he didn't care. Like you know, he actually recruited like who were considered like non samurai to his cause as like field hands and farm workers who wanted to fight um who weren't samurai who he ended up making them samurai just because of their their uh their ability on the the battlefield so you could rise in Nobunaga's army which they which was really cool that they talked about in the documentary is that you could rise in the ranks to samurai status in Nobunaga's army if you were skilled and talented enough so it was what was it called when you like when you're siloed when you basically well, it, it was can't, very yeah. against tradition
1: and the yes, culture yes, completely yes. Um, yeah. usually a lot of samurai Cast came system. from like system, families, yeah, yeah. yeah the, like the, the cultural system and everything. Yeah. Um, my, my wife likes to watch a lot of documentaries and a lot of historical things. And Nobunaga's kind of the way he ran thing is very similar to how a lot of pirates would run things that pirates weren't just always killing a bunch of people. They would raid your ship, take all your stuff, and then they would either recruit you or drop you off on an Island. And then within a lot of pirate culture, you can rise up uh, among the ranks, again, by showing good skill in battle and stuff. And so uh, it was just really cool to see uh, Nogunaga's army that he just he valued that skill. And then it uh, culturally, it caused a lot of grief among his other very talented skill warriors who were of the culture of Japan, that they they looked at the outsiders and they were completely embarrassed and, and frustrated by it. Uh, Because it wasn't like a little bit different for him. It was a hundred, it was a thousand times different than anything they've ever done. And so it's not like Noganaga, like, like slightly introduced these things slowly. He just threw it. He's like, hey, check out these foreigners. They're really awesome. Check out, you know, we have some women in our army that are really uh, skilled. And that just threw a lot of his own people, um, you know, it put a bad taste in their mouth. And seeing how that played off as well just came across really well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you got to give it to Lashawn Thomas. You know, he's done like Black Dynamite, Children of Ether, Cannon Busters. He's done a lot of like kid stuff, too. Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spider-Man the TV series, Justice League's action. So he's done a lot of like kids, you know, action movies. But this was like a real mature take on it. I mean, it definitely puts it in, you know, in a Ninja Scroll you know, Afro samurai, like really like, well, okay, we're, we're getting a little serious here about, about our fight scenes. And I thought the super realism, yeah, it's been done before, but I thought he put a fresh spin on it with this character because normally like, you know, you look, you have to compare it to Afro samurai. And when you look at it, it's like, he's just a different guy. He's not that guy. He's trying to, you know, impress the world and be number one. He's just trying to look, man, I'm just trying to save this girl who I've been basically like, abandoned to who I've had to, you know, take under my wing and he doesn't care, you know, he he's, you know, was a drunk, he was alcoholic, he was a you know, a guy who had these demons and dealing with the fact that that's what I love about, they alluded that he had killed Nobunaga, it was one more theory of how Nobunaga may have died in, in life and, and he was dealing with his own demons and then he just had to put those aside to, to save this little girl and yeah, we've heard, you know, storylines of this, but I thought it was, I thought it was a great take on something that, you know, normally a black samurai in Japan is 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 noteworthy, and the fact that like it's a it's it's not the you know best story in the world. It's not going to win any Oscars, but I thought for what it was, it was pretty darn amazing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I 100% um, agree. And what's really cool, like you said already, is the fact that these are based on real life people. Obviously, there's some exploitation and exaggeration, um, but I thought the methods and the codes were on point um it's kind of similar to that game that came out recently that a lot of people might have played last year uh ghost of toshima and that's all again about the japanese uh, culture and a a fantastic beautiful game and about the honor code among samurai and this show just another phenomenal thing about showing another culture and then also having a, a real life twist that's interesting is that you actually have a black samurai who rose from being a slave into being a servant, into being, you know, a samurai. One of the highest titles that you can have within that culture. And again, to look behind the curtain and be like, oh, this is like based in some factual stuff. This actually has actually happened a few times throughout history, uh, very rarely. And so that just adds to it. It's really cool when you have never heard of these characters and these people before. And you're like, oh, I wonder who did the voice acting. And while you're looking at the voice actors, you're like, oh, and this person was a real person. And it's just, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, it was definitely a good uh, a good run for Netflix They're, You know, I know they're having a lot of competition with uh, HBO uh, Max, and I thought this definitely put another spin on them trying to really uh, expand their arsenal overall. And uh, but yeah, no, I uh, what would you give this uh, this uh, first season of Yasuke?
1: So it, this is where it's really, really tough for me. I would love to genuinely give this show like a complete 10. But I can't because there's a lot of um, story elements that I found lackluster. For me, If it, I, I want to see so much more of Yasuke and his history and what he's personally gone through. If I were to give his character himself and his past storyline and the art style, those stuff I give a 10. The Yasuke character himself is a 10. Uh, his past and storyline of how he got to where, he at is, where he's at is a 10. And the art style is a 10. The show lacks in some of the antagonists he went against for me. Um, The priest and the mercenaries and the mercenaries, are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Are they somewhere in between? And I found those characters kind of lackluster. And then the big bad after the evil priest, I found kind of lackluster. Like it should have been a character that you, you get a little dip of her character here. And then, you know, they fight her and the end result happens in like season three. The other struggle I had with the show was like, there's so many magical powers. There's like big giant robots. And then there's guys with special abilities. I didn't know where things started and ended with the world. Like I didn't know their magic level, like how much magic is allowed, how much like human element, how much Mm. like reanimation and stuff. And so it felt like for me to give an example, it would be like going from like Game of Thrones season one which is a really nice, like slow burner into season two, season three, season four. It would it'd be like jumping from season one to season seven or eight, where you got dragons flying around. You got the, you know, you got the,
0: mm-hmm,
1: the, 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 the ice giants and the walkers and all this other stuff. And so this show for me just had so much stuff going on. And I couldn't, as someone who likes stuff like Dungeons and Dragons and magical beings and creatures, I didn't know where the power scale was. Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. I said, the other antagonists were um, were lacking in the current world. So collectively, there are so many elements I would give the show a 10, but I feel the story and what he's going against should be stronger. So for me, it's like an 8.5. With, I think, the season two and a season three, would, if they pushed in the right direction, would 100% be 9.5 or a 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those shows I really lo- would look forward to what what comes next?
0: Yeah, eight, wow, eight point five. Okay, like I um I really liked it. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be lower, but this is very rare that we have actually been lower than you on a ranking. Um, but I agree with you. the The problem is like I didn't I didn't mind the tech. You know, the guys you know in the suits, the mech suits, and all the guy who was at the you know artificial intelligence. But it would definitely like it, it definitely was like alternative reality slash fantasy. And it got a little bit too much. It was almost like he was required to put the whole because he could have did a whole thing and didn't have to put any mechs in there and have been just as fine of a story. Actually, I think it would have been more realistic. Um, the magic was already enough, in my opinion, like you could have got away with that. So it was a bit jolting, I would say, to get thrust out of that time period with these mechs that are like self-aware and. You know, it was just like, what, what, why is this here? I didn't, I didn't, thought it was kind of like superfluous. So, but yeah, I agree with, you. I think it'll get better over time, but I think, you know, he, he has the director, um, has definitely Sean. He definitely has like a, a great premise there, but like stick to it. Don't, you know, don't let people tell you, Hey, you got to have a mechanic just because kids are going to be into it because this really wasn't really made for kids. In my opinion, um, no,
1: no, this is definitely more a PG 13 yeah. light R rated kind of material, uh, definitely meant for adults. Although it wasn't too over the top or too gory. There was a few mm-hmm. moments that yeah. were, but mostly it was fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it, I would definitely rate it probably a 7.5 to 8. And I'm saying 7. I'm going to say a solid 7.5. Mm-hmm. Um, and only because you're right. The The plot wasn't as strong as it could have been. There were some things that didn't need to be there. There are things that could have been bumped up a little bit more. And I do. I look forward to it, uh, what's coming next. But 7.5 is where I put that one just to be, you know, it's like one of those things where you're just like, eh, great, great premise. But, you, you, you know, if he had just kind of stuck to his, I think his vision got a little skewed with the whole mech thing. And it really kind of threw me off and it, it went from like, oh, this could be a reality to now we're in pure fantasy. Well, so that's I also, why, yeah.
1: you, you also got to imagine the influences around him while he's building the show. Where while this show is in development with animation taking up to, you know, three to four years on some quality stuff like this. Um, or they, they mentioned stuff like The Simpsons or Family Guy take like nine months per episode. And, you know, when those shows are doing 22 episode seasons, um, this show, when he first made the concept, would have been the end of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and other shows like Breaking Bad and other shows that have like mech warriors and stuff like The cultural influences would have been there's a lot of competitions for some really big stuff going on. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. Marvel in D.C. where if you watch like Iron Man 1, he's not fighting Thanos. He's fighting just like street level people in the real world. And then 20 movies later, you get to Thanos. And so I, I feel that the creative team on this was when this was in development, We had all of the action stuff from DC, from Marvel, from Game of Thrones, and from others. And they were so bigger and larger in life. The difference was all of those things slowly built to it. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. we didn't get dragons in season one of Game of Thrones. That happened later, you know, and the big battles and stuff. It was earned. And so for this show, I don't mind magic powers and mechs. But like you said, stick to one in season one and let it slowly build into season two, season three and, you know, things of that nature.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that's what kind of like stunted it a little, because if you're going to come out with a movie, I could see why he did that. Right. This was going to be just a movie, a a one hour, two hour movie. Absolutely. He had a whole season. And then, you know, in Netflix, you know, they are a little fickle about renewing their seasons. I will give them that. So maybe he thought he maybe had a one shot deal to put this out so I could see. I can see both sides of that, but if he does continue, like he's already kind of written himself into a box in my opinion, but it, it definitely one of those things were like, and eh, if it wouldn't, you know, if, if you think about like, you know, Ninja scroll and all those, I mean, they were fantastical and there wasn't a mech to be seen right now. You know, I definitely going to go with the 7.5 and you gave it an
1: 8.5. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah. like I said, it really floats upon really reflection. Cause I didn't want to be too harsh on this. Cause I do mm-hmm. want people to watch this and the see what season two and three. I was hanging on an eight for the longest time, Mm -hmm. so you're right. Maybe an 8.5 is a little generous, but like I said, his character, I thought was amazing. His past, I thought was amazing and the art style. And so I don't want to seem dismissive on those aspects. And so, you know, for a really thinly veiled plot point and then too much magic and too many mechs, that for me is like one of those kind of things where I take off a point or two for those but the rest of the quality of the show held enough on its own. And if I have elements of the show that is a 9.5 or a 10, like the character, the main character was very likable, likable, his voice, his acting, his performance. You know, like I said, it's it's just that, that mixture. Cause I can, yeah. I like, there's just different elements on the show. I would like to grade separately. Like our main character, 10 out of 10 on his, you know, interesting storyline, the art style, 10 out of 10. But then it's sad because then it's like the things that hold it back or a very weak um, plot point thing. And usually, and mostly just things that were overused like the mech and the magic. And who's to say whether we know if some big wigs that funded this said, Hey, you know what? Mechs are really in right now. Um, you know, that's really popular in Japan. Oh, you know, we got to have our own version of Game of Thrones stuff. We got to have like big giant monsters. Like all of this stuff is really in right now. Magic the Gathering's exploding. We got to, you know, we got to grab these cool things. And then, you know, so sometimes you get too many people telling you what you have to add and do when you're making a project.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, that's, you know, that's not exactly, I don't think that was his, if that was his vision, great. And if that wasn't his vision, eh, you know. Uh, you know it is what it is and i just want to you know i just want to say that i think it's a great move i think it's a great goes in a great direction i hope they do get a season two i hope they get picked up and then maybe he'll clarify kind of like why these mechs are basically in this in this time period so uh let's go ahead and uh, finish this off for this one so russell you give yasuke a
1: 8.5
0: ship and i give him a 7.5 thank you for joining us at first glance all podcasts are good and some are just better I am Byron Chip, and thank you for listening.